amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello and welcome to History for Weirdos. We're your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. Welcome back, weirdos, and happy Monday. Happy Monday! Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> and that's a real woohoo this time, by the way. Yes. Not a, not a sarcastic one. <laughs> well, you know, before we start this episode, I really wanted to give a shout out to one of our listeners. Yes, we wanted to thank some very special weirdo. You're all special, but this weirdo did something really Kind of cool. above and beyond, above yeah. Above and beyond the call of duty of a podcast listener. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And this special shout out goes to Tiffany who went out with her husband to the Lawson Memorial Cemetery, where mm-hmm. they took a, a, f- a few photos of my ancestor's grave. Yeah, that was from a previous episode that right. you just did on your well, ancestor, William Lawson, mm-hmm. the the rebel, the Scottish rebel in both Scotland and the U.S., the yeah, modern-day US. U.S. And we're going to share those pictures on Instagram because mm-hmm. they're really good and they're really cool. They're really high quality uh, pictures and they're the most high quality, I think, like that you would find on the internet. Yes, I agree. And here, let me see if we could look through his tombstone. Read what it says. It's so cute. Yeah, the tombstone says, William Lawson, a Scottish rebel, husband of Rebecca. <laughs> like first and foremost, <laughs> yeah. Scottish rebel, <laughs> Rebecca comes second. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm so proud of like my Scottish like heritage. Yes. I think just for that one line like alone. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so we loved it so much, Tiffany. Thank you. And I hope that you're listening now and that you keep listening because we appreciate this so much. Yeah, seriously. It, it honestly like made my entire week mm-hmm. when I saw that email. We get lots of... We're super lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, we get lots of really nice, very encouraging informative funny emails from you all and i feel like that's not super commonplace like i think no especially when we're talking about history and we're such novices i'm surprised we don't get a bunch of emails telling us how wrong we are yeah just a bunch of hate mail (laughs) Uh, yeah we get really really awesome awesome messages so thank you to everyone yeah you guys are so so awesome and honestly it's just incredibly humbling to have you guys email us give us um just like even comments on our instagram posts it's just it really does make our week it keeps it like makes it really motivating for me to it does to like keep an eye out for for cool weird stories and to write the episodes and things like that so yeah thank you thank you guys well i've done two episodes in a row not to like not to humble brag or anything So I think it's your turn this week. (laughs) It's finally my turn? (laughs) Yeah, it's finally your turn. Okay, well, I guess I should 
trigger warning the heck out of this one. Ooh. Because it does involve um, lots... It's a kind of weirdo that's not like the, the chill kind of weirdo. Oh, it's a bad weirdo. It's a bad weirdo. So typically when we say weirdo, we mean people who were ahead of their time in history or who were pioneers for other people who want to, you know, do cool shit, whatever. Yeah. This time it's like just really awful and strange and scary and spooky. Ooh. So this does involve murder. It does involve... Um, sexual abuse. It involves children, the death of children. Oh my god, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. Just, Maybe because I'm nervous now. <laughs> yeah, it sounds intense. I promise I do not go into graphic details. There are, once like you hear the case, if you want to look into more details, there are all over the internet you can find them. But I keep it like, you know, minimal information just to tell the story yeah um but if you don't want to listen to those things and don't listen to them that's totally cool with us we understand but this is the story of the child murderer mary bell i'm literally <laughs> out of sh- like i don't know what to say okay so child murderer as in she was a child oh Okay. And I'm going to jump right into it. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on? Yes. This, um, so this, the tragedies begin on May 25th, 1968, when a group of kids finds the remains of a four-year-old boy named Martin Brown in an abandoned building okay. in the suburb of Scottswood in Newcastle upon Tyne, England. I don't know if I said that right. I think that sounds right. We're in England, we're in a suburb, it's 1968, and this is, at the time, I don't know what this place is like now, but this is a more economically depressed area, mm-hmm. and this young four-year-old boy's body is found by other children. The cause of death in this tragedy is initially determined, um, like, I think some folks said poisoning or fright was one of the causes of death, so they're not sure why this young boy has passed away. And young Martin Brown grew up with his sister, mother, and father in the neighborhood, and he was known to be a really happy, smiley, cheeky kid who was really well-loved. So it was a big tragedy, and the whole community, of course, is, like, shocked and confused oh my and God. really upset. Um, yeah. Okay. We're just, sorry, were you going to say something? I, I, I'm like, okay, I don't want to get ahead of the story here, but so it's a... I'm guessing it's the child murderer who is murdering children. As I thought when you said child murder, I was like, okay, so it's a, a grown adult murdering kids. And you're like, no, no, it's a it's a child. Yeah. And I was like, oh, a child murdering adults. Interesting. Mm. Oh, man. Mm. This is just bad. This is not, not fun times. <laughs> I didn't promise this would be a fun one. But this is really, it, it's interesting. It's tragic and interesting. Mm, okay. Um... So, so, so. A few days later, after the young boy's remains are found, a local nursery is broken into, and police found four really weird notes, like some of them confessing, like, I, you know, murdered um, Martin Brown, and others just, like, with expletives, just like, F off, you be, you know, like... Okay. Just really weird stuff. So the police at the time were like, okay, these were, like, some creepy teens doing a harmless prank. Right. And we're just going to ignore it for now. 
But it comes back into play later. Oh, snap. Then on the 31st of July, 1968, so a few weeks later, Mm -hmm. three-year-old Brian Howe is found dead on the waste ground off of Scottswood Road. Brian was last seen by his parents in the street outside of his house playing with one of his siblings, the family dog, and two local girls. The cause of death in this case was able to be determined. It was strangulation, and his body was mutilated. Oh, my God. But I will not go into those details. Those are some of the details that if someone wanted to look into it independently, they could. Mm-hmm. But important detail is that a pair of scissors with one of the legs bent you know one of the scissor legs bent is found near him and that is what at the time they believed uh, was used to mutilate him so this is where it gets even more perplexing um they he the cause of death like i said was strangulation Mm -hmm. but the coroner was like wow the amount of force used was really light and like the prints the markings left on his neck suggest that this was another child that did it. This is not an adult. Oh my god, they could tell back then. Yeah, I think maybe... <coughs> How rude, babe. I know. <laughs> I'm so sorry for that cough, everyone. Andrew's still getting over... You know, when you're sick and then you cough for like 8 million weeks after. Yeah, that's, that's basically me. In. Yeah. Yeah, so I apologize to everyone. As you should. So, during the investigation, once they determined, like, this was a kid that did this to another kid, 100 detectives are, like, put on the case, and they're assigned to the investigation to interview more than 1,200 children in the area. Jesus. Could you imagine? 100 detectives? That's insane. That's so much. And again, I'm, like, they took this really seriously, which I'm kind of surprised for... 68 i don't know i feel like i'm kind of surprised myself again though it's also england which we're not obviously oh yeah yeah so yeah so i don't know if they just are more on top of their shit over there but over here i feel like that wouldn't in the 60s no one had their shit together no not with like mass murderers yeah not with that um but also could you imagine the detectives that have to talk to all the like non- murdering murderous kids which was like a vast majority of them obviously yeah like i don't know how hard to put kids through that unnecessarily right and also to have to listen to little kids ramble on about like their favorite pet lizard or something yeah or who their favorite dinosaur was (laughs) yeah Yeah. very so very exhaustive search here right absolutely so during the questioning, they identify that those two little... Everyone keeps bringing up the two little girls that were seen with the second victim before mm-hmm. he disappeared. They were seen by numerous witnesses playing with him. Um, and these two little girls were named Mary Bell and Norma Bell. They were next-door neighbors, but funny enough, they are not related. They both just have the last name Bell. Oh, so those are, okay, I thought it was, like, one of those old-timey names where it's, like, Mary Jane, or, like, or Mary Beth. Mary Norma. Mary Beth on the prairie. Oh, my God. I apologize to everyone. (laughs) Um, No, they just... No, that's, like, their last name, Bell. They both have the last name, Bell, and they're not related. Interesting, okay. Um... (coughs) No. Oh, God, this episode. Yeah, this episode's just gonna be a cough fest. (laughs) So the two girls... And then, so the two girls, everyone keeps mentioning them, right? And then the detectives, all the detectives who interviewed them, 
Um, I think they were interviewed like at least three times at this point. Every time each of the girls tells their story, it's different. It's inconsistent. They're the only kids that keep saying different things. Interesting. Okay. The other kids, you know, surprisingly enough, like we said, little kids are random and they tell you random weird shit you didn't ask about. The other kids are consistent in what happened on that day. And these kids are not. So um, during one of the interviews, 11-year-old Mary Bell actually reported that she saw a local 8-year-old boy present with them as well when they were playing with Brian. Again, that's the second victim, the 3-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. And she said that he was pushing Brian, that he was hurting him. And then in her statement, she added, I saw him trying to cut off a cat's tail with the scissors. This is a quote. But there was something wrong with them. One leg was broken or bent. That detail caught the eye of Detective Chief Inspector Dobson because only the police knew about that broken pair of scissors, remember, that were found right. with the young boy's remains. So the local boy that Mary named was quickly questioned, but it turns out that he was nowhere near Brian on that day. Numerous witnesses place him at the airport, leaving for a trip with his family. Oh, so do you think he was even hurting that poor little kitty? Oh, no, because he was at the airport. Right, okay. Don't worry, the cat was fine. Okay, good. Thank God. (laughs) So. It's the important things here that matter. Very detail-oriented, my love. I appreciate it. (laughs) So, the police are like, what the F is going on, right? right. This, this Dobson guy, it sounds like he was the, the lead detective on the case, and he is really suspicious of these two little girls, but he needs more evidence. So, mm-hmm. he goes back to Norma Bell's parents, and they, they let him know that she wants to confess, Okay. She said she did some shit and she wants to confess. And he is there to take her official statement. And when and what she reports is that they were playing Mary and her. So her and her neighbor. Okay. Mary's the one that said, oh, this other boy did it. Right. But her and Mary are playing with the little boy. And then she said Mary, in quotes, got all funny before she started pushing him several times. And then she started strangling him. And then she asked Norma to help strangling, to help strangle him because Mary's hands were, in quotes, getting thick. I don't know if that was like slang, like getting tired or Mm. cramping or something. But so Norma confesses to this. Okay. So then the police go to confront Mary about the discrepancies in her reports as well as what Norma said they did. And Mary gets very defensive, very agitated, and she says, in quotes, you're trying to brainwash me. I will get a solicitor to get me out of this. Oh my god. And she's like, what, 11 at this time? 11. I can't imagine saying that as an 11-year-old. This kid's messed up. Also very smart, which is scary. Yes, I would have peed myself if I was 11 and police talked to me and I felt like I was in trouble. Yeah. Let alone, also, again, it's 1968. How does this 11-year-old know about brainwashing? Yeah, wait a minute. That's actually a really good point. That quote stood out to me. I was like, what? Brain, yeah. You're trying to brainwash me. Like, that wasn't, I think, a well-known psychological thing until, like, the 70s, right? Uh, hey, you know better than I. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. Listeners, let us know the history of brainwashing. Yeah. <laughs> Could Seriously. we just Google it now? Yes. Will we? No. 
But will we know? <laughs> That's so true. But it seems, I don't know, it seemed like, what's the fancy word you always use about history when things are out of their correct time? Oh, anachronistic. It seemed anachronistic yeah. to me for her to be making that reference. That is strange. You're right. Good pickup. Yeah, and then I think solicitor, maybe that's British it, for a lawyer? It is, yeah. Okay. British. British. <laughs> I know. I love how the language we speak is English, but now, like, it's more popularized nowadays because of American media. Yeah, like film and TV and right. stuff. Same yeah. with, like, Spanish, right, in Latin America. Yeah, More I'd so say. than Spain. And then Portuguese with, like, Brazil. Yeah, Brazil's a lot bigger. Yeah. I wonder where Portuguese media comes from. We're getting off on a tangent. Yeah, that's a huge tangent. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so, Brian Howe is buried at a local cemetery. This is, again, the second victim. On August 7th, 1968, in a ceremony that was attended to by over 200 people, including Mary Bell. Oh, my God. DCI, which is British for lead detective. <laughs> DCI, Thank you. Yeah, DCI Dobson, who had planned to arrest both girls that day, found Mary standing outside of the Howe household as the child's coffin was brought from the home at the beginning of the funeral procession. Mm-hmm. Dobson later stated, in quotes, she stood there laughing, laughing and rubbing her hands. I thought, my God, I've got to bring her in. She'll do another one. Oh my God. Laughing and rubbing her hands like she's a freaking, like, 1930s cartoon villain. Yeah. Like... Or one of those dudes that's, like, on TikTok when they see, like, an attractive lady, you know? And they're rubbing (laughs) their hands and they're creeping, you know? Like, what the actual heck? Imagine seeing that. Imagine seeing a a little... How awful, first of all, to witness the, the funeral of a child and to see another child standing there laughing. That's absolutely psychotic right i would like literally i would scream yeah yeah i think he made the right choice arresting her i agree both girls were formally charged with the murder of brian howe that evening and in a response to the charges brought against her mary reportedly replied to the officers quote that's all right by me oh Oh. wow this girl's scary chills Later during the investigation, they were able to link the first victim's death, Martin Brown, to Mary as well. Oh my god. Apparently, Dobson, the whole time when he first saw the remains of the second boy, he thought that the two were linked, but again, he didn't have any evidence. It was just kind of like a gut feeling. Right. Like, he didn't think that the first boy died of random poisoning or fright. Fright. But he didn't have, the first boy didn't have any strangulation marks on his neck, so they... Interesting. They couldn't tell um, at first. But something came up during the investigation that did link Mary to his death. Okay. So, let's look a little bit at Mary Bell, who seems to be our main player here, and her upbringing. Mary Flora Bell was born May 26, 1957, in Northumberland, England, to Betty McCricket, a 19-year-old sex worker. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mary's biological father is unknown, but about a year after Mary was born, her mother, Betty, married a career criminal, professional armed robber, Billy Bell, which is where she got her last name from. Mm. Betty appears to have had untreated bipolar disorder and alcoholism as well. Oh, wow. Okay. So, 
Mary, we're going to get into some like rough details about her upbringing um, because different reports from their family members state that Betty had actually tried to kill Mary several times. Things like she gave her, she told her that these were Smarties. I think that's like a candy over there. Oh yeah, Smart. Yeah, I know Smarties. Oh, you know Smarties? I had no idea what this was. And they were sleeping pills and she had to go to the hospital to get her stomach pumped a couple times. Oh my God. She also was had been witnessed choking her daughter Mm -hmm. um, on numerous occasions. Mary herself later reported experiencing repeated sexual abuse as her mother forced her to engage in sex acts with her male clients. Oh my god. Starting at the age of five. Oh, Jesus. Mm -hmm. This is just all around rough. It's, It's so, so awful. Um... No wonder she grew, like, not even grew up. Like, she was such a psychopath at such a young age. I can't imagine. Again, like, it's not that it excuses violence, right? Or excuses terrible behavior. But I can't imagine enduring that much trauma and abuse from, like, day one. Exactly. It's just, it's just no surprise, I guess. No surprise that something really messed up was going to come from it. You're right. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially, like, the more we know now about, like, childhood trauma. Yeah. And the linkage to, like, violence. Violence to... Or, like, health issues, addiction. Right. Uh, so many things. And and she grew up in, like I mentioned earlier, it was a really rough neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's my next note that I wrote down. I'm so yeah. smart. <laughs> Belle grew up in the Scottswood area of Newcastle, which, again, was a really low-income area at the time. I don't know about now. But domestic violence and criminal behavior were really commonplace here. Um, understandably, Mary struggled to make friends with other kids. Mm-hmm. And she was known to be really cold and withdrawn, which again is a very common symptom of trauma. She was also she also wet the bed a lot. And her mom would publicly, you know, like hang the sheets or bring out the mattress when she did to shame her. Oh my god. But bedwetting... Talk about mom of the year award. Exactly. Bedwetting is... It, it doesn't... It's not like a conclusive sign of trauma, but it's one of those things that past a certain age can really indicate that a child is under a lot of stress, mm-hmm. at the very least. Um, so she had trouble making friends, and she did make one friend at about... She was about five years old, and it was a little girl who lived on the same street as her, and she, like, first friend, they started to get along... But, very tragically, this girl died. She was hit by a car in front of Mary, like, while they were playing in the street. Oh, my God. But they didn't have, Mary didn't have anything to do with it, you think? I don't know. Not, none of the reports suggested it. But, like, I guess who would know, right? Right. Like, if, if she pushed her or something. But, apparently, this, that's how this little girl died, and Mary was really upset about it. Interesting. So probably not then. I don't know. That's a re- it's a really good question. Yeah. So prior to the two murders, the, these two young murders that we started the episode with, Belle mm-hmm. had previously attacked other children at school physically oh. and was known to participate in vandalism and theft around the neighborhood. It's not good stuff. No, not good stuff at all. Mm-hmm. So we're going to look into the trial... Um, and during the trial, the details of what happened, you know, across these few weeks with these two deaths became more clear. Mm-hmm. And the details are freaking disturbing. Mary Bell had lured her first victim, 
Martin Brown, she um, eventually confesses to this. Okay. Martin Brown to an abandoned building and strangled him there on her own. But I don't know why it didn't leave marks. The next day was Mary's 11th birthday. Oh, my God. She was technically 10. So the next day was her 11th birthday, and she was at her friend Norma Bell's house when Norma's father recounted at, during the trial that he walked into Norma's room. You know, he walked into the little girl's room, and he found Mary strangling Norma's little sister. Like, choking her, I guess. Oh, my God. He pulled Mary off of her and, like, scolded her, but he didn't think anything of it at the time. He thought it was just little kids playing, like, roughhousing, and it went too far. Oh, wow. So he didn't say anything to anyone. Right. Then, a few days later, it was both Mary and Norma that had broken into that preschool, remember? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And they're the ones that wrote the creepy confessional notes that Mary had killed Martin Brown... Um, the police were even able to compare the girls' handwriting from their schoolwork to the notes found and determine them to be a match. Although, I've heard, I don't know if you've heard this, that handwriting analysis isn't like... It's like a pseudoscience. Yeah, that it's not admissible in court anymore? I don't think so. I, I'm pretty sure it's not, actually. That's so interesting, because I feel like it was such a staple throughout history for a long time. Yeah. Um, Martin Brown's mother, so this again is... The first victim, Martin Brown's mother, also reported that just a few days after four-year-old Martin died, Mary had gone to their home, knocked Mm -hmm. on the door, and asked if she could see Martin. And the mom felt bad at the time, like she felt sad, and she explained to the little girl, oh no, like, sweetie, you can't see him, he died. And Mary responded, I know he's dead. I want to see him in his coffin. Oh, oh, what a sick little girl. The mom was so freaked out, so upset that she ended up just closing the door in her face. She didn't know what to do or say because she smiled after she said it. Oh, God. That is so creepy. So creepy. So, like, mm, I don't, like, just all the bad vibes. Like, every, every bone in your body must be screaming when that happens oh yeah because that's just like (laughs) andrew made a made a very disturbed face i know you can't see it yeah but it's it's disturbed i already know the face i made and it's disturbed (laughs) (laughs) so on december 17th 1968 norma bell mary's friend and neighbor was acquitted Mm -hmm. due to the finding that she was in quotes, simple-minded. <laughs> and she didn't understand the weight of her actions in helping Mary and that she just blindly was doing whatever Mary told her to. I mean, honestly, that sounds like that was probably the right call. Mm-hmm. It sounds like she just was being manipulated. Yes, because it's also a thing for predators right this this is an 11 year old that we're talking about but absolutely showing predatory behavior picking little kids younger kids as her victims Mm -hmm. it's also a thing that they tend to find someone that's not as smart as them to manipulate it sounds like that's what happened here absolutely so mary bell however was convicted of manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility the jury taking their lead from her diagnosis by court-appointed psychiatrists who described her as displaying, in quotes, classic symptoms of psychopathy. 
So I think that's super interesting. So they didn't charge her with murder? They charged her with manslaughter? Manslaughter because they diagnosed her with psychopathy. But that's like... That doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't make any sense. That's like, that's ridiculous. I feel like that's a, more of a reason to charge her yeah, with murder. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I This is so interesting because it's 68. So again, this is when we're having really early understandings of psychopathy, of serial killers, of... Um, those childhood markers right. of future serial killers. So I wonder if they just didn't understand the gravity of what they were even talking about. Right, exactly. Um, you know, it's interesting too, because this is like right before those guys at the FBI in the 70s. Mindhunter. Mindhunter, yeah. It's before the Mindhunter guys, just by a few years. Just by a few years. It would be so interesting to hear like their thoughts on, on her. Yeah. I really want to read the book too. I know. I always forget it's a book. Yeah, they wrote. They like co-authored a book about their early research, and I think it goes more into the research part. The Netflix show. If you all haven't seen it, if someone out there really likes true crime stuff, Mindhunter on Netflix was really good. Yeah. And really, like, I thought it was very like pretty to look at, almost like or eerie to look at. I really yeah. liked the, the the cinematography. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was, was really, really good. good. Um. So, but I guess here they're like, oh, you're, you're a psychopath. That means you get less jail time. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it totally makes sense. So the judge, Mr. Justice Cusack. Okay, question that you can't answer. Is his first, is he a judge and his first name is Justice? If so, that's the best first name for like someone in that profession. Right? I, I think it is. I think that's his like first name. Oh, shoot. I should have looked it up. There's a theory, and I forgot what it's called, but there's a certain, uh, like, a psychological theory that our names um, play a big part in, like, personality traits and even professions Mm. that we go for. So I wonder if that would... (laughs) So if your name was, like, Alexander or Julius, you're going to be a conqueror? You're going to be, like, a badass conqueror (laughs) (laughs) of that boardroom meeting, you know? (laughs) Your sales <laughs> sales numbers are going to always get it. <laughs> <laughs> that was incredible. Okay. We will do an experiment for you all, and we'll name our kid one day Julius and see what, what happens. That's we're not serious. Absolutely serious. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. It's actually not a bad name. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a nice name. I think it's a good name. Mr. Justice Cusack described Mary Bell at the end of the trial. uh, He said that she posed, in quotes, a very grave risk to other children. I would have to agree with that assessment. Absolutely. She was sentenced to be detained at Her Majesty's pleasure, effectively an indefinite sentence of imprisonment. What? That's so weird. None of this makes sense to me. I don't know if it's because it's the UK. I don't know if it's because it's the 60s. But I thought they charged her with manslaughter. Do they not have like like a four to ten year window for that? Right. I, don't, and I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. Ugh. British lawyers, let us know what's up. Because this is confusing. It's very confusing, <laughs> yeah. Like, at Her Majesty's pleasure, like, so Queen Elizabeth, which is crazy that she's Queen Elizabeth. It's Queen Elizabeth still, the yeah. The same Queen Elizabeth that's Queen now. Yeah. Um, like. She gets to she decide. Just, 
Yeah, so I guess oh, if she Oh, yeah, wanted... that's a really good point. Like, could she just be like, no, I don't want her to be in prison, and then she's let go? Or... I think so. Yeah, she's a monarch. Whoa. Or would there be, like, a checks and balance thing with the court system? But it, it, it did specifically... I read the thing. Yeah. The decree was at Her Majesty's pleasure. So, I, I mean, at her pleasure. Yeah. So, like, if she... If, like, Queen Elizabeth was like, nah, fam, this I don't, don't like this. This doesn't please me anymore. This does not please me, then she could let her go. Oh, that's so trippy. That's so weird. That's so, like... It's so... I, I feel like that's so, like, 1300s. Yes! <laughs> 1300s vibes. Yeah. Very 1300s aesthetic. <laughs> um, but after her conviction... Belle was the focus, of course, of a great deal of media attention Mm -hmm. in England and in Germany, randomly. I saw that. (laughs) Germany was really on this story. Nice. Um, Her mother repeatedly sold stories about Mary to the press and would even give reporters writings, like journal entries or letters and stuff that she claimed were Mary's to make money. Wow. Mother of the year. Yeah. So Betty sucks. Yeah. Um, described by prison psychiatrists as, quote, intelligent, manipulative, and dangerous, Mary continued to cause problems as an inmate, unsurprisingly. Mm-hmm. And in September of 1977, she actually escaped from prison from another with another inmate for a while. Oh, wow. But the inmates were, were captured just three days later. Jeez. But how smart. That's very smart. How smart do you have to be to do that? So... In June of 1979, the Home Office, what is that? I don't know, but they announced. (laughs) (laughs) The Home Office. It sounds like, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like a super rich family that has like a home office. Like Like their CPA, their lawyer. Yeah, it's almost like a hedge fund, but for just a really rich family. Well, the Home Office, whoever they are, (laughs) they announced their decision to transfer Mary Bell to H.M. Prison Askham Grange, which is in. I don't know. What the hell? What is it? I feel like you just spoke a different language. Right? Yeah. It's an open category prison. So I had to look up that. An open category prison. I don't know if they still exist in the UK. I didn't have time to obviously do like a lot of follow up research with this episode because I have a lot of questions. <laughs> so many questions. So many questions. But an open prison is people get to leave to go to work like to have a job so they can make money so when they leave prison they don't have no money oh like interesting here they leave without any funds right that's actually a pretty good idea i think so as well so she was moved to an open category but not for her not for her for her that's a terrible idea (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) i think that's a good idea but not in this instance yeah not in this instance it's a horrible idea well she was moved to the open category prison in the village of askham richard in the efforts to prepare her for her eventual release into society, which was already planned for the following year. Oh my god. So, beginning in November of 1979, Belle worked first as a secretary and then as a waitress in a cafe in York Minster under supervision guidelines in efforts to prepare her for re-entry into society. Mm-hmm. She was released in May of 1980 at the age of 23. Wow. Having served 11 and a half years in custody. She was then granted anonymity, including a new name, 
allowing her to start a new life elsewhere in the country under an assumed identity because she was so well known and the press was so on top of her release and everything oh my god um so to protect her as weird as that sounds they gave her the courts granted her a new identity interesting so four years after her release from custody on may 25th 1984 it is known that bell gave birth to a daughter dun 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 (laughs) her daughter knew nothing apparently of her mother's past until 1998 when reporters discovered bell's current hideout location in the resort town of sussex coast She, she was living there with her daughter and reporters swarmed once they found out and that's apparently when her daughter found out that her mother had killed little kids had been a little kid that killed little kids and did jail time for it damn that's insane what this is insane i had never heard of this before right yeah what a crazy difficult thing for her daughter right Um, this just gets crazier and crazier right this media revelation forced bell and her 14 year old daughter to leave their home and be driven to a safe house by undercover officers they were both at risk oh my god both mother and daughter later relocated to another part of the united kingdom the right to anonymity was granted to bell's daughter following her birth so like when mary gave birth they're like yeah you're so famous you're so well known your daughter her identity is always protected but only until she's 18 Mm. however on may 21st 2003 bell won a high court battle to have her own anonymity and that of her daughter extended for life wow interesting to this day um like right now no one knows where she or her daughter are but if her if their identities or their location were released then the courts would help like reassign them again that's so insane it's so like obviously her daughter is innocent in this situation right so that makes sense but for mary it's almost it's kind of weird like it's like well you ruined you killed kids yeah Yeah. you ruined countless lives yeah like but she was but she was yeah but she was a kid who was abused severely abused yeah this is a this would definitely be a really good svu episode oh yeah that's a really good one we should pitch it to them yeah okay yeah. <laughs> we'll get on that don't worry we'll get on that. don't worry weirdos we're on that <laughs> um in 1998 bell then collaborated with an author named gita serini mm-hmm. to make a book about her uh-huh. life um before and after her crimes and the book is titled cries unheard the story of mary bell oh my god in this book is where Belle details the abuse that she suffered as a child at the hands of her mother and her mother's sick pedophile clients. For the book, Serini also interviewed relatives, friends, and professionals who knew Mary before, during, and after her imprisonment. Wow. Belle's current whereabouts are unknown and remain protected by that 2003 High Court order. And according to Serini, Belle does not claim she was wrongfully convicted. Oh wow. She freely admits to the abuse that, that the abuse that she suffered as a child does not excuse her crimes. That is the story of 11-year-old murderer Mary Bell. 
thank you, thank you. Yeah, that I feel like that deserved just a little bit of a clap because that was insane. That was a roller coaster. It was, you know, there's a lot more information out there. I think there's even um, like a documentary movie and... I don't know. I think it might have the same title as the book, which is Cries Unheard. Mm-hmm. And people, apparently, like, in the UK, people who were around during the story and, you know, were, were on following this in the news were really upset because Mary made money off the book and then she made yeah. money off the movie. Um, she, I mean, probably millions. Who knows, right? Right. There's so much information out there. And again, there's, like, lots of, like awful details that I didn't want to share. I was tr- I was like this is so strange and bizarre that I really want to share it, but I didn't want to get into too much like right. graphic stuff. No, I'm and I think I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> I'm glad as well. Uh, yeah. I avoid like I was reading stuff and I was like oh, I'm just going to skip over this. Right. Um but my sources for this week were I really really heavily relied on both Wikipedia and Murderpedia. Oh, okay. Murderpedia is exactly what it sounds like. It's Wikipedia about murder. Oh. And then there was a really good YouTube video called The Case of Mary Bell, 11-year-old serial killer by YouTuber Bella Fiore. Oh, nice. Okay. I like her channel. She, like, I found her, I had, I was familiar with her before because she did, like, a funny glow-up video. (laughs) But she does, like, makeup stuff and then she also does, like, true crime stuff. Oh, wow. So I would check it out. Is she a murderino like you? I wonder. I don't know. Yes, and by the way, the, a murderino refers to the how something murder podcast. A murder <laughs> podcast. It's super famous, and I, I'm just blanking on the name of it, it's ironically. It's like the most famous true crime podcast, which is my favorite murder. My favorite murder. There we go. Mm-hmm. But they have said, uh, the hosts of that show have said that the term murderino actually comes from the simpsons everything comes from the simpsons there's literally a south park episode that the simpsons already did that where like butters or someone tries to do like a plan for world domination and you know his assistant is like oh the simpsons already did that the simpsons already did that the simpsons already did that they've done everything now they've got some spooky like brujeria going on because they tell the future they do they invent things they're like 16 years before donald trump was um was elected they did a scene in the simpsons that mirrored reality almost exactly i've seen that i've seen those clips side by side that's too creepy if you all haven't seen it google um the simpsons donald trump Donald Trump footage side by side. Yeah. Super weird. 16 years before you said? 16 years, yeah, because I don't, or it would have maybe even slightly more, like 17. Because that, I think the episode aired in 2000, and obviously he was elected in 2016, so. That's just nuts. Nuts. They predicted a ton of stuff. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that was, <laughs> that was my less cheerful, but I thought fairly interesting <laughs> story this week. Well, thank you so much. Um, I I learned all of that today. Isn't that crazy that we hadn't heard of it? It is. It is kind of crazy. It just you know, there's a saying that's like the more you learn, the more you realize how little you actually know. Amen. Yeah. I think that's totally accurate. I I found this. I was doing just like a like when you get in those like Wikipedia rabbit holes. Oh my god. Yeah. You're just like years have gone by and you're still deep diving into different wikipedia pages that's been me with ancient rome for 20 years now oh i bet (laughs) yeah and so i don't even remember what i initially was looking at that led to this case and i was like 
that's nuts. I, I like true crime and things like that, and I'd never heard of this. Um, really complicated, really scary, really sad, really sad story. Do you think My Favorite Murder has done something like this yet, or has done this story? I don't know. Let's Google it. Hold on, guys. Okay, guys. We're in the middle of a Google sesh right now. <laughs> Mary Bell and My Favorite Murder. Does it look done, like it? They've done, like, everything. Yeah, I think so. Oh, they did? But I don't think I ever heard the episode. I don't listen to, like, every single one because they're very long. Did they? I think so. Mary Bell. I don't know, you guys. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's oh, episode did. 26. Oh, so, like, way back. Because they're at episode, like, 300 now. Oh, yeah, that was from, like, 2016, so. So, yes, Quite I might listen to that after this. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Okay, weirdos. <laughs> oh, enough of our ramblings. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, you know what to do. Please rate, review, subscribe. It helps folks find the podcast. It gives us feedback. It helps us grow. So we can keep doing this. Absolutely. And also you can find us on Instagram mm-hmm. at History for Weirdos. That's also right. my TikTok mm-hmm. at Roma.omnia. It's really good, you guys. Check it out. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, email us at historyforweirdos at gmail.com. Yes, we love your emails. Like we said at the beginning. We do you guys do email us. So yeah. it makes us so excited. Yeah, like seriously. So like sometimes we try to respond to all of them. Sometimes yeah. it, it, we don't and it's not anything against you. It just literally slips our mind. Yeah. Because like, we've started to get quite a bit now. Yeah, and we're you know, working and stuff like that. So sometimes we see them and we don't get back to them right away, but we right. do get back to them. So if we haven't responded to you yet, we will. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, weirdos, until next time. Until next time, weirdos. Adios. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. 
Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 